Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at none other than Allen Robinson, who people is just good at football, no doubt about it. We've really seen this from him ever since entering the league. And unfortunately, I mean, nobody has been played with worse quarterbacks than Robinson, I think, since he came into the league. We'll give Andre Johnson the award for, you know, the first part of the 2000s, you know, up until he was out of the picture. We're not going to count the uh, late Andrew Luck year he got in there. But for Allen Robinson, even going back to Penn State, I mean, Matt McGloin, Christian Hackenberg comes into Jacksonville. We get the Blake Bortles, Chad Henney experience. And believe me, we will get to the Bears. But in Jacksonville, you know, he comes out the first year. He's injured. He only plays 10 games, but impresses enough uh, to, you know, have some just encouraging optimism going into next year. And that's when we got the breakout, everybody. 80 catches 1400 yards league high 14 receiving scores in 2015 just his second year in the league fortunately it didn't stick in 2016 people i mean this was one of three high usage really busts that we've seen from the wide receiver position uh, in recent memory i have i've had you know, a bunch of articles up on pff.com and one of the you know somewhat arbitrary thresholds i've been looking at but at the same time seems to be pretty useful as 150 targets for wide receivers because since 2010 if a wide receiver has gotten 150 targets in a year i mean we've seen 59 of 65 of those players finish in the top 12 in ppr and there's actually only been three not post top 24 production those were 2012 Larry Fitzgerald, 2016 DeAndre Hopkins, and 2016 Allen Robinson. So that's the problem with these QBs, everybody. Even guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson. Again, true elite alpha wide receiver ones at the position. We have seen them bust even with enough volume. I mean, that's what guys like John Skelton, Kevin Cobb, Ryan Lindley, Brian Horler, Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, and Blake Bortles can do to a man. So no, don't fade anybody projected for more than 150 targets and just uh, realize if you do uh, take one of these players and they bust, you're looking at a true, you know, exception to the rule. But anyway, Robinson, unfortunately is 2017 season. The one year Jacksonville is actually a true contender and good. He was done after just a couple of snaps, one catch, 17 yards torn ACL done for the year. So after that, we got to see Robinson make his way to the Windy City. And it wasn't immediately great. I mean, he was banged up in 2018, only was able to start uh, 12 games there, finished as the wide receiver 31 in PPR points per game, number 28 in uh, PFF receiving grade. But since then, again, this is where we've seen the true top 12 receiver any way you want to look at it. In 2019, wide receiver 10 in PPR points per game, number 13 in 2020, number 12 and number 6 in PFF receiving grade along the way. So just in terms of volume, I mean, 8th in receiving, Receptions, 11th in receiving yards, tied for 19th in touchdowns since it coming to the Bears. Maybe more tellingly is the fact that he is first in contested catches. And this is kind of where we're going to start a transition this podcast because people it's been brutal. I mentioned before Hackenberg, McGloin, Bortles and Henny since he's been with the bears, Mitchell Trubisky, Chase Daniel, Nick Foles. And we're going to have Andy freaking Dalton add to this list before too long. So look, the bears QBs, you don't need me to tell you this, but I will because you know, it's a podcast and we're, we're having this one way discussion right now. Bears QBs, absolutely brutal. 26 and overall PFF passing grade. 30th in passing grade from a clean pocket and 21st when targeting a receiver considered open or wide open since Allen Robinson got to the picture. So even when the situation has been manageable for these Bears QBs, they have not gotten it done. And again, credit to Robinson for making the most of this because, I mean, 
if you've even watched Robinson a few times over the years, even just seen his highlight videos, like this is a situation where, you know, a lot of times with these uh, wide receivers with a bunch of contested catches, it can end up being just a sign that that receiver can't separate very well. We see Kenny Galladay on top of a lot of these lists. And even it pains me to say this, my guy, Auden Tate, uh, that's a good uh, kind of knocking against him as well. But with Robinson, like, come on, people, the route running on this guy has never been nothing short of uh, exceptional. I mean, the things he's able to do out there, just twisting up cornerbacks of all shapes and sizes and then he's able to come down with the ball really if it's thrown in the general radius of it i mean you guys remember the old uh sports science show where they'd always do these crazy things just have the most absurd stats to kind of tell you how good a player is i mean i think it was chad johnson where they basically had him dive full extension throughout their studio and determined that throwing to Chad Johnson is like throwing to an elephant with the amount of, you know, just area he was able to cover uh, when really stretching out his angle. So I'm not exactly sure if Alan Robinson is like throwing to an elephant, but I would reason that it's pretty close if we still had those sports science guys out there. But the moral, moral of the story throughout all this, we have plenty of damning statistical evidence that the Chicago Bears QBs have been the problem. And for the love of God, just watch the film and you will see that Robinson is not the case. Luckily, we don't have to worry about this issue because the public seemingly have their heads on straight and they recognize that Allen Robinson is not the problem. But is it going to matter? Because again, Robinson, like DeAndre Hopkins, we have seen them bust before when the quarterback play has gotten bad enough. It, it can happen. And I'm not sure that it's going to necessarily improve this year. Like I want it to, but why is Andy Dalton having the starting job? I mean, people, Matt Nagy in the same freaking interview said that Andy is a starter and that Andy's going to get the one reps. And then a couple sentences later, he says that Dalton is essentially like a rookie as well. Let that sink in for a second. He just named him the starter, said he's going to get the one reps, and then just says essentially like a rookie as well. Coaches do this almost in the reverse sometimes. Like if Bruce Arians said that Tom Brady is competing for the job, just like everyone else, we kind of laugh, like whatever. It's a competition. I get it. To not even open up the competition between a guy that you just called a rookie against the rookie that you just traded up for to help save your job. I mean, never have we seen like an offseason 180 as quick as the Bears, where they got rightfully lauded for a draft where they knew their backs were against the wall. They went up and they got fields. They added some help on the offensive line. It seemed like they did everything right. You know, PFF pretty much any freaking website that posted, you know, post-draft grades were pleased with what the bears did last year, but now for us to go to that, to giving Dalton the job, I don't, if Dalton wins the job, that's fine. He might be the best quarterback right away to not even give him that opportunity. I mean, what, what if Pete Carroll, when Russell Wilson was a freaking rookie, had just given the job to Matt Flynn because that's who they signed. He didn't do that because Pete Carroll wasn't a freaking idiot. Like Matt Nagy is being in this situation. Like, come on, this is not Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, no matter how bad Nagy wants it to be like, bro, Alex Smith was a, a above average quarterback at a minimum for four years before he got Mahomes. Dalton isn't even there yet necessarily. Oh man. Just, you know, triggers me, people, because Dalton, and first, don't you dare, don't you dare say, well, Ian, Andy Dalton's a three-time Pro Bowler. That stat officially became dead to me when Trevor Simeon, of all people, not, not, not went to the Pro Bowl, he declined an invite. Trevor Simeon declined an invite to the Pro Bowl, and we still have people using it as a, as a reputable stat. I mean, I know there's plenty of haters for our PFF grades out there, but if you use Pro Bowls in a single argument with me, I will just go off. So all pro. Absolutely. You know, let's bring up three or four stats to show that these people can do it. That's fine too. But Pro Bowls in and of themselves are dumb. And I will fight verbally anyone that says otherwise. Anyway, 
I'll give you a mix of stats to show exactly who Dalton was last season. Remember, this is a Cowboys offense, banged up offensive line, but also one that we saw Dak Prescott overcome with flying colors and really just put up points all season long, or for, I should say for the five weeks, he was under center. So Andy Dalton last year among 44 qualified QBs, slightly above average PFF passing grade coming at 21st. 36th in big-time throw rate, 12th in turnover-worthy play rate, tied for 33rd in yards per attempt, 21st in adjusted completion rate, 29th in QB rating. People, what's that spell? A mediocre, game-managing quarterback. Not what Chicago needs to take the next step. And Dolan's always been a sum of his parts QB. Why were the Bengals so much better on his rookie contract? Because they could pay guys like Marvin Jones, like Muhammad Sanu, and they didn't need Dalton to elevate the whole group. That's why his best years came before he got the second contract and before he got exposed as a guy that can't carry his team. So the fact that the Bears are just trying to live like it's 2014 all over again is just, you know, infuriating and... Clearly, I don't agree with the idea that Dolan should be the starter, but maybe this is all just, you know, uh, it's now June 1st when I'm recording this. Maybe this is offseason. Maybe Fields, like most first-round quarterbacks, will be under center sooner rather than later. The problem with that is, at least relative for Allen Robinson, this might not be great, man. He is someone where we can, very few wide receivers in the league, can we almost guarantee 150 targets with good health, and that has been Robinson the past two years. Chicago's ranked 8th and 14th over the past two years in total pass attempts. And if Fields comes in the picture, like, look, the the idea that he's like this run-first quarterback is false. He was, you know, PFF's number one graded quarterback coming out when targeting uh, a receiver passes first read. I'm not... I'm not trying to make this uneducated thing that field isn't ready to, you know, be a passer at the NFL level or anything. I know the dude has a bazooka. I'm a Columbus, Ohio stand. I really believe Justin Fields will be a fantastic quarterback, but we can't just assume he's going to be like Andrew Luck as good elevating a bad offense around him. I mean, you look at the bears quarterbacks, Chicago, Washington, like Cleveland before, you know, Baker got there, maybe like, okay, was all like the 50 quarterbacks to play for these three franchises over the past 30 years was every single one bad. I don't think so. I'd say that a big chunk of that had to do with the organization leading it. And unfortunately for Dalton or Fields, whoever's going to be there, it continues to be Robinson and that's it. Like why they couldn't do anything to add help to this passing game is beyond me. I like Darnell Mooney. He is a quality receiver. Am I happy he's their number two receiver? Not really. I've seen the cutups. I've seen him toasting Jalen Ramsey. He even got Carlton Davis on one that doesn't get enough uh, attention uh, earlier in that year. But I mean, come on. Those are still a little iffy as well. You know, guys under pressure. Sometimes you get that wide receiver cornerback solo shot. Not all that indicative of what was really going on. But fine. Mooney's our number two receiver. Really? Anthony Miller seems to be on the way out. I mean, after <laughs> becoming yet another guy to punch Chauncey, Gar- Chauncey Gardner. John- oh, my goodness. After becoming yet another guy to punch Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I would assume Anthony Miller's on the way out. They drafted Daz Newsom in the sixth round. It seems like he has a decent chance to slide into the slot just because this offense apparently is okay with drafting receivers late and then moving them in the starting lineup as we saw with Mooney last season. So, you know, Demir Bird, Riley Ridley. Jester Way, which is a name I never heard before. I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Javon Wims, like, it's just awful, people. And I like Cole Komet, rising second-year tight end. Why is Jimmy Graham on the team? I understand. He can't be traded. They gave him a no-trade clause. This is your, you know, weekly reminder that Jimmy Graham has a no-trade clause for whatever reason. But there's no incentive for the Bears. Maybe they – I'm recording this on June 1st, and, you know, a lot of guys – 
that is like the special date in their contract after June 1st, the team can save a lot more money than if they cut someone or trade someone before June 1st, depending on the deal. Jimmy Graham doesn't have anything like that. Maybe they're keeping him around to be a veteran. Obviously he's had, you know, a great career. We saying we saying hall of fame career for Jimmy Graham. He could be like one of the old guys that gets in like 2060 or something. Right. We'll just, we'll just go a great career for now. But if he's still there, like what? You're just waiting. You gotta cut him after training camp. I don't know. So for me, like I'd be down to get in on Comet and Comet and fantasy because he did look good uh, last year. Probably, I mean, he was treated as number one tight end in that class, and he was out there on the field for the overall majority of the snaps at the end of the year. The problem is if Jimmy Graham's gonna continue to be their feature guy in the red zone, which he can handle. I mean, he's not prime Jimmy Graham. He hasn't been that for freaking over half a decade now, but you'd be surprised if you look at Jimmy Graham's highlights from last year. Like he actually made a couple dope one-handed catches and like the last Mr. Bisky's last pass with the Chicago bears people with a touchdown down the scene of Jimmy Graham. He just kept on running right out of the building. So funny stuff there, but complicating all of this is the fact that Tariq Cohen is back in the picture now. And we can see Nagy again, just decide to feed targets to this pint sized dude that, you know, credit to you, Tariq Cohen overcoming the odds, but my goodness, he in 2019 put together one of the worst efficiency seasons we have ever seen. I mean, 3.3 yards per carry. Okay. Ian, he's a scat back for 104 targets to average 4.4 yards per target. Like Tariq Cohen's one of the only players in NFL history basically that we've seen you know you'd arguably be better off running the ball than throwing him the ball at least that was the way it was in 2019 so he was a lot better earlier in his career I don't think it's really on Cohen necessarily I think people view him as a gadget because that's the way Nagy uses him and it's just not that hard to see the Chicago Bears offense when they've been running largely the same shit for the last three years so this is all my way of saying that people I don't think we can be treating Robinson as this, you know, fancy locked in wide receiver one. He's been, we have potentially newfound volume concerns. We have not one, but two new QBs for him to get chemistry with. Like how many, how many bad QBs can Robinson ball out with until we have to say like, that's going to be tough. Bortles was you know, one for one with them. Credit to Robinson for making do with Trubisky and Foles over the past two years. But it's not like that's, you know, been super pretty. He's got it on the back of 150 plus targets, which again, might not be there if we get a rookie in the offense that they want to just, you know, not throw in the fire and game manage a little bit more. So it's not like Nagy in this offense have earned the benefit of the doubt. And again, Robinson is so good. Can't stress that enough. I really wish he wouldn't have signed the franchise tag and would have gone somewhere else, but that's the reality we live in. Uh, quick PFF Lily stat, 93 contested uh, catches over the last two seasons, 19 more than any other players. So great stuff from Robinson and people. He's my wide receiver 15 on this year. Wide receiver 12 ADP. So as I say, you know, I'm so much lower on the guy. He had three spots than consensus rank, but he's in my third tier alpha wide receivers, even if there might be two of them in the same offense. Clearly the Bears don't have this problem, but I would take, you know, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, uh, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, even ahead of him, people. I mean, we just have a good chance that Robinson either has another mediocre QB in Andy Dalton or a mediocre QB in Justin Fields because he's a rookie playing in an offense that we've never seen enable a quarterback for more than just, you know, a brief time really ever. So I just don't think that this offense really compared, I mean, any passing game in the league, man, it's tough to find one that you should have less confidence in than this offense. And it's a damn shame that Allen Robinson is going to continue to be someone to deal with bad quarterback play. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Justin Fields comes in, plays up 
nothing to potential that we know he has that as a top, you know, 12, top 11 quarterback selected. We know he has ridiculous upside. I just think it's asking a lot to draft Robinson near his ceiling in that wide receiver one range compared to some of these other receivers we have that either have a similar to higher target projection and or end just better passing games, in my opinion. Even Deontay Johnson, people like I'm if you put a gun to my head and said, like, who's going to be a better passing offense this year, the Bears or the Steelers? Like, I get it. We have some questions with Ben Rosberger, too, but it's almost like the Bears are getting a little bit uh, too much of a, you know, what's the right word? A little too much benefit of the doubt here, and I think what they're going to be able to bring next season. 22nd-ranked scoring offense a year ago, 29th in 2019. I mean, it's a long time. It's been a long time since we've seen Trubisky and those 2018 Bears look competent, even for small stretches. I will be leaving most of my drafts without Chicago Bears because it's a sneaky, crowded offense when you consider Tariq Cohen being in there, the multiple tight ends, and even some of the younger receivers getting involved. And I just think the overall upside for everyone involved is less because, again, rookie quarterback and or more of the same in mediocrity with the Red Rockets. So, hey, people, if you want to learn though, more about the Bears, more about the draft, more about everything, please check out PFS Podcast Network which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gale's two-for-one drafts podcast or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. Also, please check out PFF's 2021 best ball draft kit. We provide tiered rankings to projections to targetable stacks of the season's favorable matchups. The only resource you'll need to wreak havoc across all best ball formats all season long wreak havoc wreck havoc the world may never know if you like fantasy football if you like playing fantasy for money you need to check out underdog fantasy underdog's got everything including season-long playoff best ball best ball is a season-long game where you draft a team like you normally do but that's it there's no in-season roster management underdog automatically selects your best forms each week saving you loads of time go to underdog fantasy and deposit ten dollars using promo code pff and get a free pff edge and subscription forty dollar value just ten dollars promo code pff draft now at underdog fantasy that's good to do, everybody. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, Fantasy Files, every single day, Wednesday and Friday shows as well. Just want to get you ready for the season. Make some money, have some fun along the way. So I'm Ian Hardis. You can find me on Twitter at iHartitz, I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. People, I was called tits until I graduated college. Now people call me Ian. You guys can call me whatever you want. So that's going to do it. Until next time, take care, everybody. 